It is the 200 level. Mike Carpenter here on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A very cold Monday morning. Home from school. Some of you might be home from work. Some of you might be at work trying to pass the time on what is an otherwise slow day. And it was a slow Sunday at the State Farm Center, to say the least. It didn't feel right from the start. And I know that sounds a little weird considering Illinois was up 10 points. But at that point, the game really became a trading buckets situation with a Maryland team that I didn't have a lot of concern about coming in other than the turtle hex, which is what we're calling this podcast, which we cannot seem to overcome with Brad Underwood's Illini basketball program. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Yet here we are having lost, what is it, 10 of 13 or 9 of 12, something ridiculous. 9 of 11, I think after yesterday, 10 of 12 against Maryland. But early on, there was a weird feeling around the stadium, and maybe it was the fact that it was not a sellout. It was probably a a situation where some people, because of the cold, did not come out. That it was a sleepy Sunday atmosphere if there ever was one. And it seemed to kind of trickle down to the court, or maybe from the court it trickled up to the stands. Regardless, after Illinois took a substantial lead early, they seemed to go into cruise control. At that point, Maryland could not buy a bucket. They were sort of reaffirming everything that we had thought about them going into the game, which is their offense stinks. And then by the time we got to halftime, and I think Illinois was up two at halftime. Is that right? In a way, I was kind of hoping Illinois would be trailing at halftime. It felt like they needed some injection, some sort of get real serum that said, guys, just coasting today is not going to do it against a Maryland team that I would argue is not objectively good yet, but they do have objectively good pieces. And those pieces are what did you win yesterday. Jameer Young was fantastic. Julian Reese was fantastic. And these guys have the ability to be fantastic. Jameer Young was averaging 20 points a game, essentially coming in, before he dropped, what, 25 or 28 on you yesterday. Julian Reese was averaging 14 and 8, and this is his eighth double-double of the year. These are good players. These are talented players on a team that just hadn't put it together yet. But they put it together enough on a day where you just could not buy a bucket. But more concerning to me than just missing a bunch of gimmies was the overall vibe. And I understand that's difficult to quantify. It's difficult to measure how into it or out of it the Illinois team was. But having been there, and I'm sure you noticed it, whether you're in the stands or watching it on TV, that was not the same team that we saw Thursday against Michigan State, even 30 minutes against Purdue when you take the first 10 out. That was not the team that we had grown accustomed to. And what we're going to talk about today, and I don't know how long this podcast will be, to be honest, because it's never as fun to come on after a loss And I'm getting really tired of talking about losses to Maryland that may or may not do in your chances of winning a conference title. But let's hit the sponsors first and then talk about a few of these things from the macro to the micro and going forward what this means for a team that's still for the foreseeable future without Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to have to figure out how they can avoid these prolonged stretches like we saw yesterday where offensively, It just wasn't working, and defensively, they were getting ripped to shreds. DPDO, online at dpdo.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdo.com. It is cold, so if you get delivery, 
hey, tip your delivery driver well, whether it's DPDO or anywhere else. They do deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Piping Hot Kettle Zones right to your doorstep. You can get custom zones with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone online at dpdo.com. Also, Gotta thank State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Gotta thank Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. It is freezing cold. You might have noticed, and I'm sure they're going to be busy with service calls coming up here, but whether it is in the heat of this, well, that's a weird choice of words, in the heat of this cold front or later this winter, they are the best people to get to come out to your place and check out your HVAC systems. They do ours, and it has been running as smooth as we could ask for, thanks to Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, 217-841-4728. And finally, got to thank Owen Builders, LLC. I'm on owenbuildersllc.com. Construction never stops. And even though we are in the dead of winter, it is well worth getting a free quote from them for a home addition, patio or deck, projects like that, which you can check out a gallery of their work online at owenbuildersllc.com. All right. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate them. Appreciate you, whether you listen or you watch the YouTube feed. We got a few people in here on this, again, absolutely arctic Monday morning. As a teacher, I'm waiting to see if we get an e-learning day tomorrow, if we're going to be in person. I am guessing... Uh, I'm guessing the e-learning, the wind chills are still going to be below negative 20, which I think is the threshold. I noticed walking into the stadium yesterday, when we walked in, we were walking into the wind. The wind was coming out of the west. We're walking from the southeast lot in, and it hurt. It it really hurt. Was bundled up, was fine. The stadium was nice and toasty, but yeah, I I don't want to belabor a weather conversation, but it sucks. It really sucks. So we'll get out of this. I think next week we're back in the 40s. Here's from Smitty. I'm weirdly at peace with this loss. Have to remember these are still 18 or 23-year-olds. I believe getting away from Champagne for a bit will be good. Taking care of business at Chrysler on Thursday. Let's start with the mental element of this, Smitty, or the mental and physical element. This is a team with a short rotation. I don't know if it needs to be quite as short, but that's another conversation we might have today. Seven people played yesterday. No DGL. No Niccolo Moretti. I kind of understand that. Only a few minutes again for Dane, despite a nice spark that he gave you in the first half. I don't necessarily understand that when in the second half you were not clicking offensively. And I know Dane is not at his best right now, but he got you seven points in very limited time. He could have given you a different option offensively to get a bucket. I know what that means on defense. I do. But you're telling me he couldn't have maybe added a bit of resistance against Julian Reese? It wasn't worth the shot. I think that was abandoned far too early. Okay, let's talk about this other component, though, Smitty, which you get to, and I I do agree with it. It has been a crazy two weeks for this team, and we really are just about two weeks removed from when the the charges, I should say, came against Terrence Shannon Jr., and this is a team that since then has acclimated themselves pretty well to post-Terrence Shannon Jr. life. Credit to them for doing that. But all that said... I think there's a balancing act here between, yes, they were probably physically and mentally not where you would like to be. There was probably some fatigue in both of those areas. It was harder for them to get up for this game. But then there's the other side of it, which says, guys, this is your home court. This is Maryland. Beat them. And at the risk of sounding too simplistic, 
that's really the crux of it. Does this loss really piss me off? No, it doesn't. I'll tell you one reason why it does not piss me off. I did not enter the season like, let's say, two years ago. When you were in the chase for Big Ten title, you really, really badly wanted that banner after not getting the regular season banner the year before with Io and those guys. If I had entered the State Farm Center yesterday thinking Big Ten title chase, Big Ten title chase, if that was what was in the back of my mind, I would have been much more upset because that is the kind of game that cost you Big Ten titles. Now, after seeing Wisconsin dispatch of everybody they play because they don't make mistakes and they might not be great, but yes, they are good. And as much as it pains me to say that, they are a good basketball team in a not-so-good league that doesn't make mistakes. <clears throat> they are probably going to win the Big Ten. I hate to say that, but they probably will. But whether they go 16-4, and four, Purdue, probably still do for another loss or two. I could see them being co-champions. I didn't know where Illinois fit in that situation. The only chance of Illinois winning a Big Ten title would have been just rattling off a bunch of wins all up until that last week where you play at Wisconsin and Purdue at home. But yesterday, sort of dispatched of that idea that Illinois could kind of backdoor their way into a Big Ten title, I don't think that's going to happen. And they still have plenty of games coming up where they can stack wins. But Maryland was one of, I think, the better opportunities to stack wins in the games coming up, which include at Northwestern, which will not be easy despite what happened here, and at Ohio State. I mean, Rutgers and Indiana at home, I'm not so worried about those. But again, I think all yesterday does is, while it does not dash any dreams of a Big Ten title, which I didn't have in the first place, um, that that's not my concern so much as it is, oh, wow, this team can lay an egg. And Smitty, I hope to your point, and I think there's something to this, that that could be a one-off thing. This was the culmination of a really long two-week stretch, and there will be something valuable about getting away to Chrysler Center, where Illinois had a lot of success recently. There is something about getting away. And when you consider all the heaviness, I'm sure, that they felt, being here and probably still seeing Terrence fairly regularly, but also knowing that, well, he's got to kind of stay over there because of what he's going through legally. I'm sure that it adds up. I'm sure it is a weight on their shoulders. And maybe yesterday was just that perfect storm of bad between shots not falling, not really feeling it in the first place, and yet you were still in a one-possession game with about a minute to go. Go figure. There are far worse outcomes than yesterday, but I think there's just enough... Uh, there's there's parts that we can explain. There's parts that I can't quite explain why you lost it like that. And that's the kind of juggling act today where um, it, it, I don't know what we can take other than that game just sucked. And that does happen sometimes. This is from Chris. Just a dud. These games happen. They do, Chris. I think if you put another jersey on that team yesterday, the opposing team, it would be less annoying. It's the continuing losses to Maryland that are getting old. It did cost you a share of a Big Ten regular season title in Io's year when you only played them once at home and you lost to them in January. I think there was a two-game home stretch of Maryland and Ohio State. <coughs> you lost both of those games, and you were a game away from sharing that title, which you probably should have been able to share in the first place. But it, you can go back. Brad Underwood's third year, the team that eventually would have made the tournament if not for COVID, had a big lead at Maryland 
and I forget if it was Mellow Tremble or one of their guards. They seem to have this just rotating, really good point guard situation. No matter how good or bad Maryland is, they always have a good point guard. Whoever that point guard was in 2019, that December 2019 game, got the free throws late to win it after you were basically in control that whole game. I don't know what it is. It seems like Maryland and, to an extent, Ohio State. Those are your two bugaboos. Wisconsin, you dispatch them. Michigan, no problem. Michigan State, no problem. Purdue, yeah, though that's understandable given how good they've been. But it's Maryland and then, to a lesser extent, Ohio State that just seem to be the, the hump that you cannot get over. That's why that game at Ohio State, I'm not taking any of that for granted. I, they're solid. They're better than Maryland, right? Now, for this team going forward, uh, let's talk a little bit about the concern level that I have from a coaching perspective. One thing I want to get out of the way real quick. There was a run-in after the game with Tim Anderson and then Julian Reese on Maryland. Maybe there was another Maryland player involved. I'm not sure. But regardless, Tim Anderson didn't shake Julian Reese's hand. There was some jawing back and forth. It was shades of Chin Coleman at Iowa with, <laughs> what was that, Super Bowl Sunday in 2020. And at the time, the, the meatball fans like, yeah, you know, because it's Iowa, right? That, that, I think, fed into, you get him, Chin. And then it really added fuel to the fire for when Iowa came here for the last game of that season, which was just a marvelous day by any measure. Just a great day before COVID shut everything down. Now, this little run-in yesterday, I, I got to agree with Trevor on this. Trevor posted something on Twitter and got a lot of varied responses. You are the assistant coach. The other team might have been jawing because they won a big game. And I don't know what they did or did not say. Derek Piper confirmed that they were yapping, but didn't really say what they were yapping about. Shake their hand. You're the professional. This is a 20-year-old kid, 21. He's jawing a little bit because they got a big road win in a top 10 place. Yeah, he can do that. He can do that. Don't do this passive-aggressive, I'm not shaking your hand. Because No, that, that to me is just kind of Bush League. It's not a huge deal. But just shake their freaking hand. Unless he said something about your mom. I don't know. But like, just be the professional. Be the adult. This is a handshake line. That's what we do. It might be a bitter pill to swallow. Shake the hand and kick their ass in four or five weeks. Which, by the way, if they don't beat Maryland at Maryland, then I would actually have questions about this team's mental wherewithal. I think they will. I think that this team, despite what happened yesterday, I'm not overly concerned about their ability to focus because they've given us an entire year's worth so far of evidence that they have the mental component of this game pretty well done. And yesterday was the first slip as far as that is concerned. But that's a game you better come out guns blazing and just kick their ass. I mean, you know what to do. Don't let Jameer Young go for 25. Don't let Julian Reese go for 25. Dante Scott was relatively held in check because finally you have a guy you can match up against him with Quincy Guerrier. Okay, coaching. I mentioned Tim Anderson. That's out of the way, whatever. Just Let's, let's just shake hands. Brad Underwood, not his best day. I, I got to think that in that second half, out of desperation, if you want to call it that, you try something different. Maryland's offense was getting to the rim with Jameer Young or Julian Reese. Young was breaking you down at every opportunity. Yes, there were some big threes. The Higgins Smith, was that the guy's name? And freaking Jordan Geronimo, former Indiana guy, hits his third three of the year. 
What luck, right? He was two for 26 coming in. He hits a three. Sometimes those are the things that, like you said, Chris, are the, it happens, it's, it's not our day. And on the whole, I think that is one attribute or one reason why Illinois lost yesterday. It just wasn't their day. But you know what? As a coach and a coaching staff, try something. We did not change a damn thing defensively in that second half. And I know that just saying, hey, play some zone, that's an easy thing to say. But why not? In a situation like that, force Jordan Geronimo to make a four three-pointer on the year. He won't. And if he does, oh well. At least Jameer Young didn't get another easy trip to the basket. Now, the overriding concern is that you weren't able to keep him in front of you, whether it was Ty or whether it was Damask or whoever you put on him. And I know they were switching into Coleman quite a bit. Coleman had better luck than any of them. But then that left Julian Reese open to make easy buckets. So it's a pick-your-poison kind of thing. There had to have been some sort of adjustment they could make. And while this defense for Illinois is good, we've seen some slippage, I feel like, recently. I think the last 30 minutes of that Michigan State game, let's say the middle 25 of that Michigan State game, the defense wasn't very good. Against Purdue... The first half and really, I don't know, the first 30 minutes of that game, the defense wasn't very good. And these are good offenses, yes. Maryland is not a good offense. Them scoring 76 on you is not acceptable. At home, no less. And I just felt like if if it ain't working, time after time after time, try something. I Listen, if you're asking me, okay, well, what kind of zone would you throw out there? I, I don't know. Does a 2-3 really do much against a guy that can penetrate like like Jameer Young? I, I don't know. A 1-3-1, one, one, a boxing one? I, I don't know. But listen, I'm not getting paid $4.5 million to figure that thing out. Try something. And it just felt like we were kind of letting it go and thinking that, hey, this team, and I understand it, based on a season's worth of evidence, this team is patient, and they don't force the issue, and it worked out against Michigan State. It didn't work out against Maryland. But this felt a little bit different than Michigan State, where that was a a nip-and-tuck game really throughout. This Maryland game was controlled by the opposition from the 10-minute mark of the first half to the end of the game. That's 30 minutes of regulation where you could have had a little bit more urgency or tried something, and they didn't. I don't understand that. And Underwood is correct to simplify it by saying layups, layups, layups. Just make layups, and I agree with that. Make your freaking layups. It's not so much that we weren't getting good looks offensively. And if you make a few more layups, yeah, you you probably win the game, but you didn't. And then on the other side, you can't control the ball not necessarily falling in on offense. I'd like to think you could control your defensive intensity and execution a little bit better than that. Nothing changed that game. I don't understand that. I would also think for a coaching staff that continues to get their bell rung by freaking Maryland... Figure it out. Figure it out. Stop losing to them. If we really want to simplify it, I mean, what does it ultimately cost you? This game, depending on how Maryland does the rest of the year, could cost you a seed line in the NCAA tournament. Now, there's plenty of other opportunities, and there's other ways that they can make that up and just nullify it and say, well, that was one bad loss. This team could go on a crazy 7-8 game win streak right here, right now. And yeah, then this becomes the blip that I hope that it is, right? But in the moment, 
like you, Chris, I, I walked out yesterday and maybe it was because we were going to Huber's afterwards and I was in a good mood hanging out with friends. So it's like, whatever. It's a Sunday, a nice little trip to State Farm Center. Didn't go your way. The, the older I get, sometimes the less pissed off I get, sometimes. And that was the case yesterday. But the sort of laissez-faire, ah, ho-hum, just wasn't our day that you and I can have as fans. I would like to think that the 22 and 23-year-olds that are that sign up for this team and want to accomplish something special, that that was not their mindset yesterday. You only get so many of these games in a year. I know it was a quick turnaround, but it was a quick turnaround for Maryland too. I know that there was a fatigue element that probably set in, but there was probably a fatigue element for the team that had to fly here and was going on the same rest that you were. So where was the urgency? Where was the, come on, get this done? And you saw it intermittently. You saw the crowd when it got within five or six in the last seven, eight minutes. You know, when it was a two-possession game, they would try to will the team back into it and then, you know, just just silly stuff and just not really changing anything. I, I just felt like the coaches just kind of let that game happen. And... I know that there was the timeout early in the second half where Underwood was trying to light a fire under their ass, and it didn't take. And that is one method to do it, and he has not pulled that card out much this year because he hasn't had to. And I had no problem with that. Call a timeout, chew their asses out. They played terrible defense in the first two possessions of that second half. I was at a, The seats that I was watching the first few minutes of that half were behind the Maryland game, or behind the Maryland hoop, and there was no resistance. I think Young got two layups, if I recall. At least it was Young and then another easy layup. No resistance whatsoever. So I understand that. But if the next 10 minutes of regulation are going on and the same things are happening, and that motivational talk, let's call it, didn't take, then you got to try something in terms of scheme. Just try, just try it. What the hell? And then if you lose, but you tried a few different tricks in your bag, so be it. But it was the sleepiness and the, uh, this is what we do. I don't know. It's a game of basketball. There are other ways to do things. And if it's only a two-man game for Maryland that's beating you, because as big as the Jordan Geronimo three or the Higgins Smith, if that guy's, if I'm getting the guy's name right, as big as those threes were, that's not why you lost the game. You lost the game because time and time again, two guys got to the rim whenever they wanted. That's it. The scout's going to be pretty easy going into Maryland. I don't know who had the scout necessarily. I heard who might have had the scout, and it was like, really? <laughs> Come on. If, that, if that's the scout, if this is the effort that you put into beating a team that continually kicks your butt, that, that frustrates me. This is the meatball fan coming out. I understand it. There are bigger things than losing one game in a long season. But just stop losing to Maryland. That's all I'm asking for. Just stop losing to Maryland. The tr- if you were to tell me there's a trade-off here, well, listen, you've beaten Wisconsin five or six times in a row. Yeah, I love that. Let's keep doing that. Yeah, there are, there are so many things that Underwood has done, and I want to be clear about this. Now, this is not questioning Brad Underwood as the head coach of this program. This is one of his better coaching jobs. I think it will continue to be one of his better coaching jobs. He has winning streaks or really good success against most Big Ten opponents. This is a weird, rare exception. It can happen. It's a weird game. Matchups, yada, yada, whatever it may be. Bad luck, all coalescing into we can't beat Maryland. But eventually, just do it. Just do it. Now, 
for the players. Marcus Damask, I know, got like 26 yesterday. <clears throat> was it 25, 26? I thought he was a mess. Five turnovers, maybe six. Passes to no one in particular. I like Marcus Damask a lot. But that was a weird hybrid of his offensive prowess that we saw against Purdue and we saw against Northwestern before that. It was a weird mix of that prowess along with the messiness that we saw basically from after the Florida Atlantic game until the Northwestern game. When he just does things that it's like, what are you doing? What in the heck are you doing? There was one possession in particular six or seven minutes ago, maybe less, maybe under the five-minute mark. He has the ball. He's doing his booty ball thing. I don't necessarily have that big of an issue with it, but it just was not opening much else up. There was an open Quincy Garrier on the three-point line, just sitting there, ready to go, ready for the pass. And Damask waited about a second and a half too long, kind of fumbled the pass out there, believe it was a turnover. And that was not the only time that he just was not Johnny on the spot in terms of awareness, what was around him. The booty ball was too slow to develop, and he wasn't quick enough to find other guys. And then when he tried to, it way too often led to turnovers. And Maryland yesterday took full advantage of that. I said something so simplistic at the start of the second half. If we make shots, we're going to be okay. Well, duh. But it's not just making shots. It's the fact that when we would make shots, Maryland would then have to go down and play half-court offense. If you really think about that second half, and when it kind of got away from you, it was that you weren't making shots. Maryland, with the speed that they have at their guard position, they were able to get down very quickly with Jameer Young and put you in a bad spot defensively. So when you have turnovers like that, now you got Quincy Guerrier running back with like a chicken with his head cut off because he's kind of no man's land as Maryland is running the break and Marcus Damask is you know, back in the dust recovering from another attempted booty ball. Not a problem with booty ball, but just you got to maximize that. Didn't feel like he was doing that for his teammates yesterday. And, and not some sort of, I need Marcus Damask to get 11 or 12 assists a game. That's not it. But when they were quite often having a second body come up and help on that booty ball stuff, he's got to be on the lookout for somebody else. And when he did yesterday, it was sometimes too little too late. That got a little bit frustrating. Ty was off. I love Ty, but forcing it, just not falling, I don't think defensively was particularly great either. But then again, who was for Illinois yesterday? Coleman, the, the two fouls early kind of got him out of his game. The fifth foul upon rewatch was not the most egregious call. The fourth foul probably was. And that's just a frustrating day for him. When he was on the court, I still thought Coleman was the best player for Illinois. And the, <laughs> the steal... And taking it all the way back for the and one, even though he did miss the free throw, but that play was spectacular. Coleman, I thought, was a huge difference maker out there. And I understand why Dane didn't get more tick to an extent, but I also think that there were times that you could have brought him, brought him out there in the second half just for some easy buckets. Why not? I, I don't know. What the hell? It's not like anything else is really working. Luke Goody, great start. You know, kind of disappeared, just wasn't making shots. And Justin Harmon... After a lot of good games in a row, nothing, nothing. That surprised me. That really did because it felt like this was a game that he would have been able to excel in. I, I didn't think there was anything with the Maryland guards that was a terrible matchup for Justin. 
and he just was not right yesterday. But I think I just went through and named everybody that played for you, and that's a small rotation. One more thing about the coaching. You can't do the seven-man rotation for the rest of this year. I just don't think you can. And you're just going to wear these guys down to nubs. There is the cloud yesterday that we had kind of been able to kind of stave off, the Terrence Shannon Jr. cloud that when we were watching the games in the last two weeks, the team was performing at a high enough level where we thought, eh, well, let's just have fun with this group. And I'm still in that mode because, what, I can't assume that Terrence is going to come back. There's a whole lot of things that have to happen with that. And when he does come back, it's, it would be kind of weird anyway, at least at first. But that was a cloud yesterday. It's like, wow, we, we just don't have someone that can just go get a bucket. Marcus to an extent. But again, that was a little bit more labored and there were far too many mistakes that resulted from that. There wasn't that guy that, okay, give it to the All-American. That was lacking yesterday. In a day where you were off, that would have potentially made the difference. That cloud, I had not felt yet while watching a game. Even the Purdue, because I thought even Terrence is at Purdue, they come out and they bum rush you 20 to 4. Eh, you know. Okay, this is from Jared. I was in the student section, and I remember two specific offensive moments. Gary A came into the huddle saying, we don't know what we are effing doing, and Brad just screaming at them to drive the ball. Um, let's see here, Jared. It's frustrating here because I want to make sure that I'm reading your message correctly. I'm trying to get this emoji thing off of my screen at them to move the ball. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did not see that moment you talked about with Quincy in the huddle. Was it before maybe a free throw or was it like a timeout huddle? I'm curious about that. But that doesn't surprise me. I mean, just things were out of sorts. And the stat that I saw yesterday, I think Joey had pointed it out, or someone that follows Joey Wagner on Twitter pointed it out, and he retweeted it. Illinois had assists on six of their first seven shots. That's fantastic. I even remarked to the guys I was sitting with at the game, the ball movement, especially I think for the second Luke Goody three, was so good. And that was such a far cry from last year. Made some remark about that. You had two assists the rest of the game. Basically two assists in 35 minutes of regulation. Because you scored a lot of points pretty quickly. There was a moment, I thought, that you could just blow these guys out of there. And, and listen, as a fan, sometimes, can I just have a sleepy Sunday at the stadium? Can I just have a sleepy, easy Sunday at State Farm Center? I know the Orange Crush did. I, I They were not on their A game. I This is old man yelling in cloud, and they're kids, okay? But... And it's not like they were giving, given a whole lot to work with. And I know maybe not all of them were back. But man, it, it was kind of dead in there yesterday. And, and other than the stand-up and shouts and the, the, the great video production they have, pi- piping in sound, and a few plays down the stretch where Illinois fans recognize it's desperation time. We got to, it's now or never, that stadium was sort of whatever. And it, it wasn't really help being helped by what was going down there. Uh, this is from Jared. It was a timeout huddle, I believe, towards the end of the first half. Yeah, man, they just couldn't pull themselves out of it. I don't know. Just could not pull themselves out of that funk. 
trying to think if there's anything else from yesterday. I talked about the coaches. I talked about the players. You know, as far as expectations going forward, I think they come out and they play well against Michigan. I would be concerned, as we all would be, if they lay an egg at Chrysler Center. Michigan is not without talent. They are a mess. They are a mess, but they're not without talent. And a Jameer Young and a Doug McDaniel, is there that big of a difference? They're guys that like to fill it up. Doug McDaniel is a really good player. And because he's not, because he's at home, he's not suspended. Jawan Howard, he's growing the, he's growing the man. We're going to suspend you for road games, but, but when we're at home, you can play. I've never heard of that before, but leave it to Michigan to do something stupid. Uh, I, I just feel like this team will bounce back and I'm not going to be worried until they give me reason to worry. Today was more just like micro, <laughs> microaggressions maybe. Uh, a, a lot of things yesterday that just like, what the hell are we doing? And after sitting on it, it actually kind of annoys me more that we allowed some of those things to happen. But maybe it annoys me more because we can and should expect better from this team with or without Terrence. Like that kind of performance, that's for the birds. That's last year. That, that's stuff that, yes, it can happen to any team, but it brought, it dredged up some not so good vibes on one afternoon. Coming into Chrysler Center Thursday, kicking some butt. I, here's the thing one by one, it doesn't really matter. But I think we will know rather early on. If that crispness is there, if that focus is there, it's not exactly a tough environment. They won their national title in football. They got the Lions to look forward to. There'll be like 5,000 actual Michigan basketball fans in there. And they want Jawan gone anyway. So it's going to be a weird environment. Just go in there, take care of business. Isaac Ambrose will be here wearing his Muck Fishkin t-shirt. We'll be good to go. And, and beat Jawan again. Because at least you got that going for you. That's that's a fun little 6-0 and trend you got going. But... If you were to lose, then we're going to have, uh-oh, where's this thing going? Because you do have Rutgers at home on Sunday. But I would have said the same thing before the Maryland game that I would before the Rutgers game. Oh, well, you know, we got this. I think Maryland has more talent, more elite, if you want to borrow that word that Underwood uses a lot, more elite offensive talent than Rutgers for sure. But Rutgers is a scrappy team. They aren't good. But they are as good as they can be given their talent this particular year. And Steve Peichel teams generally, you know, don't don't overlook them. And another early Sunday sleepy kind of day at State Farm Center. So go in there, show the focus again, beat Rutgers. And whether or not these next two games are pretty or not, all that matters is get the wins, start getting that mojo back. I believe next week is... Is it at Ohio State next week? Maybe that's it. And then Indiana at home. I'll double check that, but you know, you you got to get these two. Oh, no, I know what it is. Next week is at Northwestern. Not going to be easy. I, I know what you did to them here, but basketball is that weird kind of thing where everything was going right for Illinois that night. They could not miss. And Northwestern, though, at home is a far different beast. They're solid at home. I mean, hell, they beat Purdue there. So... Yeah, that's going to probably be a game where if you win, it's like by five or six points, and it's tight throughout. You got to win these two. You got to. Jay, you you kind of boil it down here, and I don't disagree. Sorry, you can't lose to Maryland at home. Pathetic. I mean, the the advantage here, Jay, is that we, being now 13-4, and I think, 
and stole a team that would be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. At the moment, you just can't have these anymore. Hopefully, it's the wake up call. But and yeah, it's okay to call it what it is. That can't happen, or at least that shouldn't happen. It did happen, so I can't say it can't happen. It can, and it did. That was a really long-winded way of saying <laughs> we can nitpick here and also say, all right, just, just don't do that again. Cool, guys, just don't do that again. Now, this is from Jay as well. The Orange Crush and that building's loudness and intimidation has not been the same since the early mid to early 2000s. It, it is different in there, Jay. I mean... I can't compare it necessarily to other environments. There are moments where it feels like not State Farm Center, but Assembly Hall. And I don't know if that was really a line in the sand. I think that, you know, the renovation doesn't have a whole lot to do with the loudness of the place. There, There is one little thing with the construction that I'm not fond of. They had the loge seating behind one of the baskets. And to me, while I understand you're getting kind of luxury pricing for that, that's a lot of people that could be in regular seats there that would fill up that many more seats closer to the hoops. The luxury boxes, the actual boxes, hey, that is what it is. That is a huge money maker, and it's right behind the Orange Crush. It's not just the Orange Crush. I, I would admit that the the feeling that you get in that place of like exhilarating loudness, it is more intermittent now. Maybe we're still kind of overcoming the John Gross, Bruce Weber, the, the, the decade that wasn't, essentially. I, I really think if you look at the peak of that place, as far as I can remember it, because I wasn't there for the 80s, but the peak of that building in terms of being an intimidating home venue, which it was not at all yesterday for sure, was, let's say, 98 to 2006. And, of course, that was your moment of your stretch of great basketball, but we're kind of in a stretch of really good basketball right now too. And I don't know if it's because Underwood's teams have not protected, have not always protected home court as well as you would think. And maybe I could, Trevor is much better at this stuff than I am, but maybe I could go back and look at what his home Big Ten record is. It's good, obviously. He wins a ton of Big Ten games. But I think the more impressive thing with Brad Underwood has not been protecting home court in Big Ten play. It's been getting Big Ten road wins which he has done at a fairly high clip, and that's why they won a Big Ten title two years ago, winning games on the road. Uh, you know, it, maybe there's this weird thing that we have, and I, I know fans felt it yesterday, of are we going to have a letdown game? There, there does seem to be this weird thing with Underwood that despite all the success, which is objective success, that there just seems to be stinkers, landmines that are always lurking, no matter how good the team is or what kind of role they're on, there are these weird landmines that lurk. However, I, I want to be fair. Eight of the 10 top 10 teams lost last week. Now, a lot of those were road losses, not a home loss to Maryland. This was not a good loss. We'll see when the rate rankings come out. If we fell... And if so, by how much? And it probably won't be that much because of what happened in front of you. But uh, there's just more parity in basketball. And I know that's such a blanket statement. When I think about the times where State Farm Center, or no, sorry, Assembly Hall back in the day was an impenetrable fortress, it was a different reality for college basketball. And yeah, sure, it was louder, right? But I think that that kind of fed into it. You kept winning, so it kept getting louder. And you kept winning, and it kept getting louder. There are these Maryland-like moments that keep that stadium here right now from always being a juggernaut. 
from being truly intimidating, from being what it sounds like Mackey Arena is, or really the assembly hall over in Indiana. I'm sure those places are louder than what we have here. So maybe it takes time. Maybe it takes true, crazy home winning streaks that say, no, we are not going to lose this feeling that as fans, you are as much in the action as the team themselves. Maybe you can make the argument that all this pomp and circumstance and all this crazy, awesome video production, which I think is amazing, the music blaring, subwoofers booming beneath you, that that actually, uh, you know, old man yells a cloud moment here, but that, that takes some of the onus off of the fans actually having to be in it the whole time. I don't know what it is necessarily, but I do think it's probably a mix of those things. And Underwood, objectively good, but man, yesterday was like one of those, bad Underwood, bad, bad, don't do that. <laughs> Whether you can really attribute the loss to him or not, it, it just felt like, ah, damn it. I've seen this movie before. And I didn't want to do that with this team because we were riding such a wave. But we had it happen. And now it just comes down to the response. I think the response will be good. I think they'll beat Michigan. I'm looking forward to Thursday night with Isaac Ambrose here in the basement studio. And let's get back on the right track. A few days off. And I, Smitty, I think, yes, had mentioned it earlier and to an extent... Chris as well. If this was a dud game and they come back focused and get the job done against Michigan, all's well. Same thing with Rutgers, right? Win these next two and then set yourselves up for what will be a tough game at Northwestern. It just will be. Like We all know that. It's not going to be easy up there. And then we're kind of back where we started from. Big Ten title, not going to think about it. I'm just going to focus on this team, see how they can, <clears throat> if I say the word grow, it seems like a cliche, but you do wonder, how does this team develop as long as Terrence Shannon is off the court? Can these seven main guys really figure out a way to maximize what they have and, and improve upon it? Yesterday was stagnation. It was actually kind of uh, backsliding a bit. Can this team play even better in February than they did in January? I think that is an overriding question for me, given how short your rotation is and as much as I like all of these guys, if they are not playing with synergy, it looks a mess like it did yesterday. All right. That's all I got today. I, I hate talking about losses, but they happen. And yesterday was just one of those, ugh, you got to be kidding me. But we'll be back Thursday night with Isaac Ambrose, second half of the Illinois-Michigan game. Got to thank DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. Got to thank... State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. For all your HVAC needs, especially in the dead of winter like we're experiencing right now, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. And finally, Owen Builders LLC, online at OwenBuildersLLC.com for home additions, patios, decks, and other projects. Check out a gallery of their work online at OwenBuildersLLC.com. For Champagne Showers Podcast Network, appreciate them and appreciate you, the listeners, and the few viewers here on this Monday morning on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Stay warm, everybody, and we will see you Thursday night. It is the 200 Level. Level.